Hello, and welcome to Bloom Baby Bloom, which is straight talk from now or never kind of women over 50. I am Colleen Troy, talking to you this morning from Asheville, North Carolina, and I am very happy and excited to introduce you to Ava Hacker, who currently is residing in Wilmantic, Connecticut. Um, and Ava, you are, um, I think there's teacher blood running, coursing through <laughs> your veins at all times. And uh, you're going to be telling us some of your stories of teaching. Um, and specifically, we're going to hone in on when you, at the age of 56, wanted to fill, fulfill your lifelong dream of joining the Peace Corps. But I want to say additionally that you are bilingual and have been for a very long time. You're a world traveler and um, you have a son who's in college right now. Is that correct? Yes, he's in law school. Mm-hmm. Law school. Okay. Well, welcome, Ava. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Oh, it is. It really is. Um, So, you know, your story popped out at me because somebody who at the age of 56 says, I really am ready to join or to fulfill this dream that I've had and join the Peace Corps, which is a two-year commitment, that is... is, um, outstanding to me. You kind of stand out in the crowd for making that choice. So tell us a little bit about your your life before uh, joining the Peace Corps. Was it fulfilling, rewarding, what was missing, or what led you to stop in your tracks and say, okay, it's now. I have to take my time right now and fulfill this dream. Well, as you mentioned, I've always been a traveler. I kind of consider myself somewhat of a nomad. Life has taken me to live in nine different states and four different countries, and I like that. Um, that uh, That's how I am inside. I'm, I've always been curious about other cultures, about other people, Many of my friends in high school were the foreign exchange students. I went to Costa Rica as an exchange student in high school, and I spent a year studying in Mexico City in college. And um, I've always had this kind of wanderlust. My mother says it comes from my great-grandmother, so it must be in my blood. But anyway, um, I did stay... In one place for a significant amount of time, my ex-husband and I lived in New Hampshire for 11 years, and we were raising our son there, and um, that was very fulfilling as well. I actually homeschooled him up to eighth grade, and then when he was ready to enter ninth grade and we made the decision for him to go to high school, my ex-husband decided that um, it was time for us to split and make a change. And so that threw my life kind of out of kilter. 
Um, but it started me down another path, which as those of you who've been through a divorce know you don't see it when you're in the middle of it, it opened up many other doors that I had kept closed for a while, one of which was travel. So I had, as a young college student, always wanted to join the Peace Corps, but put that away because I had a family and job and all that. But then when my son finished high school and he was heading off to college and I was teaching high school Spanish in, um, in a private school, not feeling very fulfilled and starting to feel restless, I thought, this is my time. I need to go and do this before I get too old or before I become a grandmother or before my mother is very infirm and needs my care. I need to do this while I'm still able. And so I indeed applied. And uh, lo and behold, the Peace Corps decided to send me to Belize. Hmm. Now, when I first learned this, I was disappointed because I had asked for a Spanish-speaking country, and the official language of Belize is English. But to my great surprise, Belize is an incredibly multicultural, multilingual tiny country the size of Massachusetts with five different languages spoken and myriad of cultures that are just fascinating. And so I actually won the lottery when I went down there. And so, yeah, I was very lucky. The other thing that that made it such an incredible experience for me was uh, there were 38 of us who went together in our group that year. Um, Some of us were going for education, and our job was to help develop literacy by training teachers how to teach reading. And then there were other people who were involved in helping to develop business, and then another group in um, health, the health sector. And these 37 other people were outstanding standing individuals, many of whom were world travelers. The average age was about 28. We had two people who were fresh out of college, but a third of us were over 50. The oldest was 66. And I am such deep friends with so many of these people. We bonded immediately. It was an amazing experience. And let me correct you, uh, yes, Peace Corps is a two-year experience, but it's actually 27 months because the first three months are devoted to training. And so uh, what what's done is you go to the Capitol and you're in the Peace Corps office for a week, and then they break you up into uh, various sectors depending on uh, whether you're going to be doing education or health or business. And then uh, we were placed in uh, villages 
where we could start some training and you live with a host family and get language training. My language training was in Creole. Belizean Creole is an English Creole. So if any of you have ever traveled to Belize, you'll understand that when you hear them speak Creole, it sounds somewhat like English, (laughs) but it's just a little different. And English is universally spoken, but Creole is the lingua franca. So they had us do training in Creole specifically so that we could get around and integrate better into our communities. Because for the Peace Corps, it's very important that we not go there as outsiders bringing something in, but rather integrate into our communities learn their language or and um, live with the people and take about a year to figure out what we were going to do for our projects. So one of the reasons I chose Peace Corps was that I wanted to be with a program that had that philosophy of not giving something or Uh, imposing something upon another culture from my white middle-class American perspective, but actually living within the culture, learning from the people, listening to what they needed, and then seeing if any of my um, talents or knowledge or ability could be used to help train their people to do something they chose to do. Anyone who goes into the Peace Corps is going there because the government of that country has requested people. So we're not going there to impose something upon another culture and we're not bringing a bunch of stuff. We actually don't have materials to give nor money nor anything like that. Um, We live in the community. We're paid a stipend, which is, um, (laughs) if you had to live on it in the States, you would be in dire poverty. But I live just fine, but it's the same amount of money as my um, colleagues and coworkers in Belize would make. So, for example, I lived in a town of about 10,000 people, and my colleagues were fellow teachers. So what I made from the Peace Corps um, was enough just for me to live on. The other of my Peace Corps volunteer friends lived in small villages, and they made significantly less because they were um, they didn't have as much expenses as I made. You know what, for a second there, Ava, I missed that last sentence, and if you don't mind just repeating that, I would appreciate it. Oh, for some reason this is really fuzzy. Oh, Okay, I'm now sorry. I know that. No, that's okay. okay. No, let's let's continue. Let's. That was clear. It could be. It was just a momentary thing, and these things happen. So, uh, okay. one more time. Let's see if. Yeah, that sounds clear. One more time. Let's see if I can get you to say that last sentence again. Okay. 
um, while I was in the Peace Corps, the stipend that was given to me was enough to pay for my living expenses as if I were a teacher working as a Belizean. So uh, my other Peace Corps colleagues who lived in small Mayan villages, for example, Mm. uh, earned a smaller stipend because their expenses were fewer. Um, So one of the other reasons that I chose to do the Peace Corps was um, that I wanted to work with an organization that had a good track record of doing good around the world. I believed in the philosophy. And also there's a certain security of going with an organization that has your back. So I was taken care of very well medically. And if there were any dangers whatsoever, I always felt uh, like I could uh, call upon the Corps. So... You know, it's it's possible to go live in another country and and work uh, without those kinds of safety nets. But at that point in my life, that's that was necessary for me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really grateful for my experience. It was challenging on many levels, um, but ultimately the most fulfilling thing I've done other than raise a son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, so a couple of questions from what you mm-hmm. just shared. It sounds like the value of human-to-human witness um, really uh, stands out for you. In other words, you're there standing next to these cultures, whether it's um, the Mayan culture or um, just the mix of cultures there, coming with your own background, but standing there and then saying, I can be of help, but not forcing anything on them. How how was that? Would you use that word witness Um, to some degree or not? Actually, I I think I would use the word exchange because ah. as as a Peace Corps volunteer, you are gaining at many times more than you're actually giving. So um, what I learned from the people I lived with, and I need to speak to that a little bit because I think many people in, in American audiences don't really know about the fascinating cultures that make up this tiny multicultural nation. I was assigned to live in a in a town called Dungriga on the Caribbean coast, which <laughs> let me tell you that was pretty nice in and of <laughs> itself. But um, it's a basically a um, a Garifuna town, and the Garifuna people are a fascinating culture that uh, began in the 1700s when a slave ship was coming from Western Africa and was shipwrecked near the Caribbean island of St. Vincent. And the, the slaves 
well, <laughs> potential slaves who were never enslaved, who um, escaped and got to this island, connected with the Arawak and Carib people who were living on the island, and this culture developed into the Garifuna culture. So the people I lived with were the descendants of these people who had been exiled from St. Vincent and tossed from that island by the British and ended up in Roanoke, um, Roanoke, I'm sorry, that's, that's not right, <laughs> Roatan, there's another Roa there, Roatan on the coast of Honduras and made their way along the coast of Honduras Guatemala and Belize settling in my town and these people um, maintain their African culture, dance music, food dress, everything but they speak this indigenous um, Arawak and Carib language which I was privileged to be able to attempt to learn. I was not very successful but it was a lot of fun to try to learn it. It's very complicated. I lived with a Garifuna woman and her family, and she taught me, and the kids taught me. And it's not used in everyday language by most of the people, which means that it has the mm -hmm. potential to be a dying language. Mm -hmm. So what I learned from my wonderful Garifuna friends was that they had to work very hard to maintain their culture, their language, their their beliefs, because they have a specific spiritual belief that that comes from their ancestors from Western Africa. And it's been mixed with Christianity, which they adopted, but they're deeply spiritual people. And living in a country that was colonized by the British up until 1981 and having that uh, colonization uh, experience has made it very difficult for these people to maintain their culture. And um, I was able to witness many, many... Um, wonderful things that the people, the Garifuna people themselves are doing to maintain this beautiful heritage. And so I didn't have anything to give them. They gave to me this knowledge that I would not have attained otherwise. What I was able to do on a small, small scale was to help increase the training that their teachers in schools needed um, because the elementary school teachers up until five years ago in Belize had simply been brought from high school and plopped into an elementary classroom with very little training. And so they did not know how to teach beginning reading, and so that's why I and my other Peace Corps colleagues were brought there to help with that training. But now the Belizean government has widened their um, 
scope of training for teachers, and it's required now for teachers to have at least an associate's degree in education in order to be able to teach. So I'm no longer needed. In fact, the education sector is no longer functioning from the Peace Corps in Belize. So we did our job. We worked ourselves out of a job, and that's the goal. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that wonderful clarification of the experience was all about exchange. Um, and that, I, I love that. I guess I love learning that about the Peace Corps. I know someone else back in the day when after college he joined the Peace Corps to work in Nepal. But um, I hadn't quite heard it, you know, the experience described that way as an exchange um, from one human coming from another culture to another human. Um, so let's go into a little bit about, so, so obviously you have a, a thirst for other cultures, other human beings, just how uh, humans live around the world, and that's what was calling to you when yes. you joined the Peace Corps? Yes. You hit the okay. nail on the head. Okay. I have a, a vivid memory of being in fourth grade, and I remember a little girl coming to our school who was dressed a little differently than the other kids, and you know, some children make fun of others who are different, but for some reason I was drawn to her because I was fascinated and curious. And I asked her where she was from and what she was wearing, and turns out she was from Egypt, and I just I wanted to befriend her. And I've just always had that fascination. Most of my friends in high school were exchange students. And when I was given the opportunity to be an exchange student, I jumped at it and it, it just put my life in motion. I think it's just, it's just part of who I am. I'm fascinated with other cultures. Yeah, and, and so that is who you are. And you, gave, you knew that about yourself at, as a fourth grader and then again in high school and then again in college when you went to Mexico City. And then in your 50s, you said you needed more of that. And this yes. space and time with um, your son being gone uh, allowed for that. And you, I guess that's where, where I like to sort of highlight that moment where you knew something was missing, you still wanted so much more for yourself at the age of 56 than what you'd lived. You knew there was this whole wide world out there and, and you took the effort to apply. You waited, what was it, 19 months before you heard yeah. you were accepted? Yeah. That's a now stretch of time. Well, the process has been streamlined since I've applied. As a matter of fact, nowadays you can choose where you go. But when I did it, you were only able to choose the region. But now it's much easier. And uh, as, by the way, I hope to apply in a few more years and do this again because it was such a fulfilling experience. Woohoo! So that was... Uh, March of 2011 to 2013. Yes. 
Okay. So I'm really curious, Ava, where do you, now that you know you can choose, do you have a one, two, and three um, countries list think, that you're thinking about that you want to share? Yes, I'm hoping to go to Central or South America. Um, I've got my sights set on Costa Rica or Colombia or Ecuador. And um, now that I've done the Peace Corps, I've <laughs> this sounds really odd, but I feel like I could do almost anything. It is so empowering. Let me get a little more specific. When when you're a Peace Corps volunteer, you you are assigned a, a a counterpart from that country who's expected to work with you, and you're supposed to help train them or or give work side by side. Well, it turned out that my counterpart didn't end up working with me. She did another job, and the one I was assigned to wasn't really interested in working with me. So I was kind of thrown to my own devices. And that threw me for a loop for a while, but it ended up being an incredible blessing because I had never been my own boss had never made my own goals and made my own direction until that time at age 56. I had always, if I taught in school, I'd always done what the principal said or the curriculum (laughs) directed or whatever. And here I was plopped in this new culture and really I could do whatever I devised. And that was scary, but it was liberating. And um, I floundered a little bit finding schools where I wanted to work, but my goal was to find places where I was needed and wanted. And um, it took me a while to do that. In fact, in the Peace Corps, they, they ask you to not delve too much into your project for the first year because you really need to integrate and know your people and know what it is they're wanting of you. And if I had just gone with some tour company that does volunteer touring, I first of all would have been doing what they had wanted me to do and maybe bringing something that those people didn't even want imposed upon them. But also I would not have gotten to know the people and the culture and and the needs. And so I was so grateful for that experience. But when I came away 27 months later, I felt like I could just about do anything. It was so empowering. (laughs) You have such a giddiness in your tone. And also when you first talk about this, Ava, um, you, there was so much joy and lightness in your voice. And um, in other words, th- this experience was um, grander and greater than you ever maybe expected and you and, and so, so empowering unlike anything else, right? Yes. Can oh. I clarify though that like everything else in life, it 
comes through um, testing and challenges. Mm. So I can speak with that giddiness and excitement because I'm looking back at it. In the midst of it, there were times that were extremely challenging. And I, at one point, felt a loneliness and a homesickness that I thought was going to do me in. I just, I actually experienced clinical depression at one point. And um, thankfully, the medical help that I received in the Peace Corps got me back on track. And um, then I felt even stronger than before, knowing that I could get through a difficult time. Um, One of the um, difficulties in transitioning was I was not conscious when I went into the Peace Corps that I was going to miss my son as much as I ended up missing him. I thought, well, he'll go off to college and I'll just go do my thing. And I didn't really think about the fact that we had been so intertwined in our lives for 18 years that it was going to be a a really painful transition. And so it broadsided me. But... um, coming through it made me even stronger. And I had a lot of support from the Peace Corps, from my Peace Corps friends, and from my Belizean friends. And um, I was very fortunate in that there were a lot of opportunities for me to connect with the Internet. Um, When I lived with my host family for seven months, they did not have Internet but I was able to go to different places in the town and stay connected that way. That helped. And I figured out a very inexpensive way of texting my son, and we stayed in... It's amazing what you can do with technology nowadays. And that was helpful. We, were, we got telephones when we were there, very cheap flip phone. <laughs> no one would be caught dead with those nowadays, but... That's what we used. And we Peace Corps volunteers supported one another by texting and talking and visiting and traveling with each other. And so I got a lot of support. And once I got back on my feet, boy, there was just no stopping me. So I don't want to paint a completely rosy picture living in another country where um, there are some hardships is not completely a bed of roses. There are some thorns, but every Peace Corps volunteer I know says that it made them stronger and it made them more committed to do the work that they went there to do. Mm. Well, that, you know, that's, you just lived through, you could call it the hero's journey there, um, hmm. surviving challenges. <laughs> no, about that. Okay, well, and yet coming out at the end um, with uh, just, uh, I don't know, wiser, stronger, um, 
you certainly knew yourself and what you were yeah. capable of in a way that you didn't know before. I mean, homeschooling that uh, is a choice, and I think it's a fa- fantastic offering that we can give to our children that can be a whole empowering experience in and of itself as well. Um, mm-hmm. And um, But now you're talking about taking your, removing yourself from what is familiar, going to this other country, and uh, living... Um, living many challenges as well as many unique experiences one-on-one with other humans exploring this land and this culture. And uh, I have to say, uh, I, you have just shared a most impressive story. Uh, there's a lot more that I know you could share about this, Ava. We are at our 30-minute point here. Could, okay. could I, I have two questions for you. Can mm-hmm. I share your blog that you kept yes. while you were? Okay, great. Because you have some fabulous stories and photos in there of your time in Belize. Would you also be willing to say something in Belizean Creole? I, I would love to hear that sound. <laughs> uh, good morning. Uh, how you did you do? one more thing we learned how to defend ourselves on the bus and sometimes the conductor if he thought we were tourists might try to short change us so I learned how to say you did chance me meaning you tried to cheat me and I know it and so those are my Creole words. And I'll tell you, Griffina, Buitibinasi means good morning. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Oh, how beautiful. Thank you so much, Ava, for sharing that, those sounds um, from that culture. There's so much more to learn about uh, Belize. And um, thank you again for sharing your story. I am very excited for you to continue your Peace Corps um, experience and um, wishing you all the best between now and when you start the next um, Peace Corps travel. Thank you very much, Ava. Take care. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.